Welcome to Stay Grounded with your host, me, Raj Jana. I'm the founder of Java Press Coffee Company, and my life changed after my mentor died with three months left until retirement. That experience inspired me to start a personal journey to discover how we can all live a purpose-driven and meaningful life starting today. I interview everyone from best-selling authors and business moguls to extreme athletes and monks to discuss happiness, success, and fulfillment to uncover powerful takeaways that empower you to stay grounded and make passionate living a reality. To access post-podcast discussions, insights, and further resources, visit rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded. So thanks for joining me today. Now, let's get to grinding. Yo, yo, what's up, everyone? And welcome to this month's reflection episode of Stay Grounded. So this is for the month of March. I hope you're all having a beautiful day so far. I'll keep this one short because it was, uh, well, you're going to listen to me talk for a very long time. But this was actually a really fun episode for me to record because rarely do I get months where like I'm like deep inside of like like navigation. Like I'm actually trying to get to the root of a really big problem in my life. And rarely am I forced to pull out all of my tools, all the things I've learned over the last several years, all the different modalities and frameworks and lessons and perspectives and ideas that I've pulled from. But this month was just necessary. Like I was in a, I'm just been in a really deep process around self-love and what does it mean to truly love myself in the deepest of ways? And and how do I actually identify the parts of me that are stopping me from experiencing greater levels of, of compassion and love and fulfillment and inner peace? And it was just a really potent episode because I feel like I got to the other side of a really, really, really deep exploratory process and I was sharing the reflections, the perspectives, and how I actually moved through my stuff. And so it was, I hope you find it empowering. I, I really found it to be just a really beautiful episode where you guys got to see like a raw behind the scenes of like how I actually do the inner work. Like what does that mean? What does it look like? Like how do I process anger and where does, how do I identify what's actually the thing beneath the thing beneath the thing? Like what does the, the skill set of awareness and practice actually look like? Well, that's what we talk about on this episode. So I hope you enjoy the conversation. Georgina did a brilliant job of navigating the whole thing, and I just really enjoyed recording it. So if you haven't already subscribed to the show on iTunes all that, or Spotify or any of the podcast apps, all that means is that every single time we release a new episode, it drops straight into your inbox. Leave the show a review or tag me on social and let me know how it lands for you. I love, love, love reading just what the show has been for you over the years, especially these reflection episodes, because, you know, I, it's just, I go into the depths of, of what's, what I'm experiencing and, and I just, uh, and it's very raw and vulnerable. And so when you guys learn from my stories and learn from my journeys, it's very fulfilling to hear the feedback. So. Anyways, if you've been shy about reaching out or even waiting for the perfect time, just letting you know this is the perfect time and I am so ready for it. All right. But without further ado, here is the amazing Georgina and myself talking about March 2023. Enjoy. Yo, yo, yo. What's up, everyone? And welcome to this month's reflection episode. Hi, Georgina. Welcome back. Hey, Raj. Great to be here. How are you? I'm better now. 
Uh, just for everybody listening, we actually recorded this episode once already, but I was deep in the middle of sort of alchemizing and trying to understand what I was feeling and sensing. And then two days later, I went into a, a really powerful healing experience where I actually got to clear it fully and get to the bottom of it. And now I'm so like my eyes are so open and I'm so aware of like my entire month and not just my entire month, but I'm almost like the last year and mm-hmm. how I work and, and how this process was for me. And so we we're recording it again with fresh eyes, with more clarity in hopes that my own journey can inspire, can inspire or not even inspire, just show you how I believe the journey of emotional liberation actually works, which is ultimately what I'm here to teach. Like, you know, staying grounded is where we started. I'd say four years ago, let's talk about stay grounded. Staying grounded was about, you know, creating moments of solace in a day that was chaotic. And over the years, I think I've realized that there's a much more powerful way to just become grounded. And that is to liberate ourselves from the shadow aspects of us, the parts that we are unaware of, the programs that are running us in the background, the the repressed feelings and emotions that we didn't have a, a safe outlet to to release or process. Like when we actually release and do that work and prioritize that level of well being or that layer of well being, we don't just have to stay grounded. We become grounded and we are naturally more calm, more connected, more centered. Our nervous systems aren't as as chaotic or as sensitive to noise outside. So I think that's just set the stage of what this podcast can be and that I feel so clear. I feel so good and I feel very grateful for all the lessons from the last month. I'd love to start by just asking you to reflect on that experience of going from in process to this point of coming out the other side and finding some sort of closure because they're both important parts of the same experience, right? So how do you know when you're in process? And then how do you know when you're out the other side? Yeah. So how do I know when I'm in a process is when I keep butting up against things in my life that just trigger me. So for example, like when I'm in flow and when I don't have attachments or when I'm like in alignment, let's just say in alignment, that's the right word. Things are just easy. My relationships are easy. I don't feel like there's really a lot of challenge in my life or friction. And then as life does, you don't stay there for often, but then you get dealt a card or there's a person in your life where there's like things aren't as good as they could be. And you're experiencing friction of some way, shape or form. Friction could be conflict in relationship. It could be anxiety. That's like a, a, a constant layer of anxiety that you might be feeling as a result of something in your life. It could be a work-related thing. It could be a health issue. These are all cards that are dealt to us. And then we all respond differently. So like for me, you know, Gina and I have been in a, a really important process over the last year of us really talking about marriage and long-term relationships and like what we want out of a union together. And, you know, for me, coming from a a background where my family and not just my family and my parents, but like 
my entire Indian generation is about like one marriage, arranged marriage. Like you don't have these types of conversations. It's not like you just don't. It was incredibly triggering for my nervous system. And it's been triggering for my nervous system. In fact, like anytime we have a conversation about breaking up or every time we have a conversation about what our needs are and what things aren't being met or what we desire, what we like, what we're exploring for ourselves. Like I just, I've been feeling this constant state of like, almost like, like nervous system noise. Like I, I, I get into like feeling like my, my chest gets tight. I get like really clammy. Like, and no matter how many conversations we have, like, I realized like month over month, I was butting up against the same like wall. It's like, we'd have a conversation. I would get triggered. I'd go into an experience. We would talk about it and then I'd feel better. And then a week later, two weeks later, it's like rinse and repeat. And in the last month, I really became aware of that rinse and repeat and things that I was really like present to and what was showing up for me and like, and in our relationship container, like, you know, there's stuff that's hers, there's stuff that's like real to discuss. And then there's stuff that's mine, which is like my fears, my insecurities, my, my triggers, my, my resentments, my needs, my rejection wounds, my abandonment wounds, like all that stuff is my stuff to work on. And, and I think finally this month, I, I really committed to going into it at the depths. And that's what I meant. Like I'm, I'm in a full process. Like when I say I'm in a full process, like I have committed to doing the work to go into the really uncomfortable aspects of my life with the full commitment to alchemize whatever's there so that I cannot be ruled by it anymore. Like I, I know that, like that's what I mean when I, when I say that, like there's, like I recognize this is a thing. This is my thing to work on. And now I'm going to look for the tools, find the awarenesses, dive into it with various modalities, whatever that is, so that I can release the hold that these insecurities have on me, release the hold that like I know now that me getting triggered all the time is not actually who I am who I actually am is really loving, really calm. Like our, our default state is actually like just calm and inner peace. And I believe we as souls call in people, experiences, challenges to bring out and help us release the parts of us that are actually not us at all. The abandonment wounds that we learned growing up, the generational traumas that we might be carrying in our systems, the false conditionings about our self-worth, the noisy inner critics that live inside of us. Like this is not actually who we are. These are learned patterns and behaviors that live in us. And our souls are like, "Uh uh-uh, I don't want that. So our souls are calling in. This is a Raj belief. And I find it to be incredibly empowering that I am actually calling in all of these people and all of these experiences to help me release all of these aspects of self, small, like, like, to release all these aspects of my personality of self that are not actually truly authentic to who I am in my heart. And so that is what I feel like the last month has been. It's been a commitment to going into my stuff and it's been a commitment to staying open. It's been a commitment to not going to my usual coping strategies of like trying to numb my emotions or run from my emotions. It's been just being open inside of it and feeling 
all the feelings and journaling and reflecting and going into healing experiences and asking for help and getting very intimate with the nature of my pain that I have been experiencing. And that, so that's what I'm referring to. And then so I just want to pause there because I think I said a lot. <laughs> that's that's super interesting. And you mentioned that at the end about getting intimate with the pain. And have you found that like the more intimate, I'm, I'm assuming you mean like really understanding what's at the core of, of the thing that you're trying to resolve. Like talk a little bit more about the process of getting that clarity. Like what kind of clarity are you seeking? How do you know when you, when you've landed on the pe- the piece that needs shifting or releasing? What, what's that experience like? So building intimacy, we could do a whole podcast on this. In fact, the last week's episode was all about building intimacy with our hurt parts, right? So if you have shame or rejection, when you feel it, instead of just like pushing it away, it's like inviting it to the surface because it deserves to have a place at the table. And I think a lot of times, especially with prickly emotions, like let's call anger. Anger for me is a very prickly emotion that I don't have a lot of experience working with. I never had healthy role models of people that knew how to like work with their anger. In fact, I don't think there's many out there in in society, like from like a famous person view from like, there's just not a lot of people that are really being authentic with how they, what are safe ways to really work with anger without hurting other people or damaging relationships or, you know, like it's like, it's a really tricky emotion. It's like when you have this anger, there's this intimacy is a multi-layered process of like, okay, like we have self-love which is like allowing it to come to the surface in a safe space so that you can understand it and not like, not try and judge it. But it's like, like, how would you build intimacy with another person? It's the same way. It's like treating yourself like someone you loved. Like if you were in a conversation with your child and your child was angry, would you dismiss it? Tell it to go away? Or would you create a safe space for the child to, to talk about why they're angry and what's present for them and what's coming up? Right. And so like, that's the same, like, so like when I think about my anger, like I realized there was a lot of repressed anger inside of me from like growing up that I never actually had awareness of. And every single time I'd get into a a conversation with Gina and we get triggered, like what was actually getting triggered was like, not just her stuff. Like, it's not like what she was saying or what we were discussing. It was like, I had this laundry list of just repressed anger, a lifetime's worth of repressed anger that I never actually had a healthy outlet to release and alchemize and feel. And, and so for me, like the practice of intimacy was going beyond the layers and really getting intimate with that anger and giving myself the permission to talk about what made me angry. Like if there was something that Gina did a year ago or six months ago or a month ago or yesterday, but I didn't actually express it, It's like step one of me becoming intimate was giving myself the permission to actually be angry about that. And then step two of releasing it was talking to her about it and asking her. And and there's a brilliant book on conflict and relationships. It's called, I think, uh, Jason Gaddis. I don't know the name of the book, but uh, I had him on my podcast years ago. And he's got an incredible framework for having hard conversations with other people. And I think... I, I've, we've been using that framework. And so, you know, we can talk a lot about having card, like, like, how do you actually release anger and give it a safe space? But like, to me, shame, anger, regret, like 
when you give it space to breathe and you witness it, it kind of dissipates and goes away. And a lot of it for me was that like, so I think building intimacy was about giving myself the permission to have a safe conversation with my repressed parts and then slowing down enough to listen to them and not intellectualize it, but actually listen from my body, like really tune in. Like there's a a sensitivity that I've developed over the years by feeling my feelings and getting back into my body and and connecting to my intuitions, like connecting to that level so that when I find something that rings true, when I read something in a book or when I have an aha or when I'm in a conversation with somebody and they say something, like it's like I can feel it. It's like, oh shit, that's it. And that happened a few times this month where like I'd be in lectures or healing experiences and we would be in a place and somebody would say something and I'd be like, fuck, that's it. And then I'd go back and I would like sit with that and I'd meditate with it. And then I would keep going deeper and like, and then go down that path for a little bit. And then I would use that to set an intention of releasing and letting go and sharing what I was experiencing with Gina, with my coach, with like, with, like it's like that was a big part of it. And still there are layers that I still don't know. Like that's the piece that's so important about like what we're actually fundamentally talking about is shadow work, right? There's like, I think there's like the desire to grow and improve yourself. One side of it is like personal development, which is like the visualizations and the affirmations and the positive psychology and doing great and building great habits and all that side, which is like the light. It's like the yoga and all, and it's so important. But then there's like the other side, which is the shadow and the shadow is the aspects that you can't see. It's like, it's very uncomfortable to go digging into your shadow. And I think that's what I'm really referring to right now, which is like, it's practicing the awareness to find those aspects in myself that were repressed and, and continuing to just listen to them and then look for tools to release. And, and over the last month, I just, you know, I had a lot of really beautiful healing experiences. One, I mean, I sat in a sweat lodge which was so powerful. And recently the healing experience that brought everything home for me was combo. And by the way, guys, when I talk about these healing tools, I really have to say this, please do not take this as medical advice or advice for you to go do any of these tools. I am on a path of me exploring different tools and modalities and all I can share is what works for me, but please consult with your doctor, a medical professional, do your own research before you really like say, Hey, I'm going to go and do this for myself. But I had a, a combo experience with a, a really powerful practitioner and facilitator here in Nosara, and it was it shifted a lot for me. And I can talk more about that as well as it pertains to repressed anger and and the shadow parts that I was really looking for. Because ultimately, what I was trying to do is I was trying to find these parts and give them what they need and and release whatever was like residue in my system, so that I can show up more loving and authentic and less triggered. That's ultimately my end goal. My end goal is to stop being so damn activated by life, by things that Gina says, by, I don't want to feel like a victim at all. I just want to feel truly empowered and calm, like a warrior in the garden. Like that's ultimately what I want to be. Like I, I, I'd, or I'd rather be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war kind of thing. So like my entire work is about improving my emotional state so that I can continue showing up in service and being as present and loving as I can. So it's a big part of the exploration and, and why I think building intimacy with yourself is crucial to doing that. 
because it is softer. You're not going to bludgeon your, your bad parts or your negative parts out of you. That doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So going back, going back to the, the anger, can you share a little bit more about that process of releasing? For example, do you have to connect with the story where the anger came from? Do you actually have to express the anger itself or are there other ways that it can leave your system? Because I imagine that's not an easy process because anger is an emotion that is kind of not really welcome in society. We do have that instinct to suppress it or if it does show up, it comes out in sometimes ugly ways. Like it's not an emotion that a lot of us are, are very skilled at navigating or holding and actually we, we can feel really bad for having anger. What was your experience of of identifying this anger and then moving through it? Whew. So it begins with awareness of the present day trigger that you're experiencing starts there. It always starts there. Think about the tip of the iceberg, right? Like, so the tip of the iceberg for me was, is like Gina in a lot of ways. Like when I don't feel validated or fully chosen or when there's any type of feeling around like what's actually getting triggered is this, like this, this entitlement, this resentment, this, this underlying fear that I'm not enough, that's actually getting triggered. And so that's like the energetic right there, right? Now, although you can have, I can have a conversation with Gina and I can just keep focusing on that. I can just keep, we can be in the most, in fact, we are incredibly loving towards each other, incredibly supportive of each other. Yet I can still have these feelings, which is where Mm -hmm. the exploration started for me. It's like, like she's showing up incredibly loving. There's nothing else she can do. Yet I still have these feelings that I'm not enough. And I still feel like there's more she should be doing. And I keep projecting outwards. Like that's where the exploration starts. Then it is looking for the patterns in your life and looking for all the different times and periods from your life where you had similar feelings and similar stories and similar experiences. And, you know, that's where it can become pretty it's a journey of awareness, right? Like there's so many things that lead to how we are patterned, how our nervous system responses are learned. We can learn them because of something we did or didn't get from our parents growing up. We learn how to regulate our responses and our feelings based on what we like, just how our parents are. Like, so it's not even like between zero and seven. In fact, like, because we don't have a sense of identity, like we literally learn how to be just by observing our families. So if our parents had any level of anxiety or had this feeling of not feeling chosen, like you start to sort of internalize that as like, oh, like that's how I should be. And you just learn it. Kids don't learn by you telling them, they learn by modeling you. And so, and then there's generational, right? Like there's things that your families learn from their parents and then they learn from their grandparents. And then they, it's like this passing down. It's like, it can be a lot to like discover like all the different things that could be leading to this feeling you have today, this feeling of not enoughness, this feeling of invalidation, this feeling of like, like rejection, all these pieces that are like present in your system, right? So it's a process of like, it's like you're discovering a lot about yourself through conversation, through contemplation, through reflection, through meditation, through learning, through conversing with other people, through being vulnerable and talking to other people about your problems so that they can reflect back to you about how, what's going on for them. There's so many different ways to really like navigate this stuff. And then from there, you're really, for me, it's about becoming aware of like, okay, like 
what is the thread, the common thread that I'm looking for, for me? And, and this is where like working with really powerful healers and intuitives is also beneficial. Like my coaches and my, a lot of the people I've worked with over the past have always like kind of picked up like a sort of like a subtle depressive energy within me, even though I'm like super happy and upbeat. Like there are times where like, I just like, in fact, and this became really apparent after I was getting ready for my ayahuasca ceremony, my first one. And I cut out caffeine and I just went like really like when I cut out all the stimulants, I just felt this like underlying depressive energy that was in me. And I was masking it with all these different stimulants. And I've been working on it since I've been in Nosara, like truly to like to go into the roots and like get rid of it. But like still like inside of all these triggers that Gina and I were having and all these things, like I was still feeling this, like this lower hum of like depressive energy and people were picking up on it. Like the healers and the intuitives that I'm working with, they're like, Raj, you're back in that fucking place again. Like, what are you doing? Like Raj and his higher self is bright, bubbly, excited, enthusiastic, da, 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 all up here. This doesn't even feel like you. There's like this energy that's just present inside of you. And it's like sitting in this victim-y, poor me space. Once I became aware of that, that's when I started going to my healing. When I went into my combo ceremony, I went in with the intention of releasing that. And for those of you who don't know what combo is, it's a it's a really powerful medicine where it's very purgatory. So like it's only last 10 minutes, but they put like a, a frog. I think it's like a some type of a frog venom in on your skin and you you start to purge immediately like any impurities that are in your system like energetic parasites that's ultimately what they're purging and or physical parasites so if you have physical conditions it's really good for you too like it's like really good to just clear the system and i had seen a friend of mine a few weeks ago or another individual a few weeks ago go through a similar process and I saw them release some crazy energetic stuff. Like I saw it and it was like so wildly mind blowing to me. I couldn't believe it. And that's when I was like, okay, maybe this process is going to be really beneficial for me. And so I went into it and I went in with the intention that I was done being angry. I was done with this like, well, actually I didn't even know I was angry, but I was done with this victim energy in me, this poor me, this sadness, this depressive energy around like, I'm not enough because I was just done. I was done feeling that way. So I think that's a really important part of this. Like to truly make lasting change, you have to absolutely be done with all of this. Like you just have to make the decision that you're done. And the, the practitioner we were working with was like, you know, he was really bringing a lot of awareness to, he's like, all right, I was like, that's like, where does this come from? Does it come from your generations? Does it come from here? Does it come from here? And he was asking really thoughtful questions and he started asking some questions and he, really brought a lot to my awareness. Like, in fact, it happened afterwards. Like we were like trying to find all the times in my life where like, I didn't feel enough. And we found all these times like where, like, and I'll share more about like some of the experiences that came up for me, but like at the end of the session, after I was done purging, he looks at me and this is a very powerful energy worker. He can, you know, he, he, I saw him do something really powerful with a friend of mine, which blew me away and that's why i knew he wasn't bullshit but this dude was like seeing spirits leave people and he would actually like speak to them or like he would describe the spirits to the person and the person would be like 
oh my God, how did you know that? Like, it was really wild, like I, the way I saw him work. And when he looked at me, he was like, yeah, you just released a lot of repressed anger. And the second he said that, I was like, fuck, man, like, it just made so much sense to me. Like, since I was a kid, I have, think I had a really hard time feeling anger and re- expressing anger. And I think for a long time, like, I bottled it up. Like, I don't know if I've ever shared this on the show, but like, you know, my upbringing wasn't always easy. Like when I came from India, so I lived in India from seven to 11 and like just, you know, was in a beautiful, loving environment of like just being in India and being Indian. And then when I came back to the States, it was like right when nine 11 happened and I came back into Southeast Texas. And like, right when I came back, I, it's almost like I just became the butt of every joke. Like, for being Indian and being brown and my skin color. And I was just like made fun of for being a terrorist and all these things. And I went into like this very hyper vigilant mode of like protection. And what I wanted to be saying was like, F you guys, like, no, like expressing my anger, screaming, doing something to express this feeling. But because I was so afraid of sharing and I just wanted to fit in because I wanted to be cool. I didn't want to be uncool. I wanted to be liked by all these, these kids. I started making fun of myself and being the butt of every joke and making brown jokes and like just getting really good at camouflaging, but I never actually felt any of those feelings. And then going into high school, I carried all of that with me. Like I was bullied a lot. I mean, I, I was like the youngest kid on the tennis team and like, I just felt like I was an easy target for a lot of kids. And I'm doing an amazing, I, I like, I had great friends. It was, there was a lot of beauty in high school. Like I was popular athlete. I did all that. But at the same time, like I had just a lot of unexpressed repressed anger. And I was the butt of the joke for a majority of my, my high school years. And I don't think I ever processed any of that. Like I, it was just all stored in my body. And I like played a lot of sports growing up and I would be very intense with my sports and my movements because I was trying to move all this energy. But ultimately like I, like I didn't have a healthy outlet for actually communicating with my anger and sharing what I really felt in my heart. And I think all that stuff was just lodged in there for years. And then, you know, you layer on continued other, like it's like you just keep layering down and not having the tools to feel all that or process all that. And, and it makes sense that like when I feel like, you know, in a, in relationship, if I'm not feeling appreciated for putting in a lot of work or like taking a lot of time, like I feel this like anger that was unexpressed in my childhood showing up in our relationship where like, I'm like, I'm feeling like I need, I feel very entitled. I feel very like what, like what, but what's actually getting triggered is all this, this mountain of unprocessed emotion that is internalized in my body and it's ruling my life. And it was just so eye-opening for me to like release it because like I afterwards I just felt so clear, like I felt so complete with so many of the like I actually truly feel like I let a big part of my identity go. Which like I mean I've had this repressed anger in me for what since I was 11. 
So I'm 31 now. That's 20 years. So that's 20 years of an identity. Like it took me so long. I've been working on this specific one for almost a year now. This specific process has actually been going on for a year. Ever since Gina and I had our first conversation about like marriage and all that stuff, like it's been since then. And it makes sense that it took so long for me to work through because, but it, because it was 20 years <laughs> and I had to keep working through the layers and I had to get to the space. But anyway, so I do think there's a place in time for tools like these to access things that you can't just get from a conversation with another person. Like I do think that tools like these can accelerate years of healing if you believe that they work and you allow them to do magic and you're working with a safe practitioner who you trust and knows what they're doing. Like I think these can be very powerful tools and catalysts. And uh, so anyways, that's, I think a big part of it for me, that's, you know, it was a big, uh, big part of my process was really getting to the root of my anger. And my root was not just something that happened in the moment with my lover, my beloved, something that happened and came much earlier in childhood. And I wouldn't be surprised if my parents also have a really hard time expressing anger and all of their anger also lives inside of me because that's how epigenetics works. So it's like, <laughs> it makes sense that it's just been a really difficult like thing to identify and fully process and release. But I feel like I made a really big jump this, this month. Like being in Nosara has been the most life-changing decision I've ever made for my health and emotional well-being. And um, so anyways, I'll pause there. I want to thank you for, for sharing that experience, the experiences that you went back into and recovered from your childhood. They just sound really heavy and I'm just grateful that you've shared this today because I think a lot of people can benefit from that because I think sometimes on this healing journey, we can almost discount things that happened a long time ago because they happened a long time ago and we can think and they don't impact us anymore. And I'd love to ask, what is the balance for you in the sense of almost being this investigator who is looking for things from the past that need to be released and then finding the balance with like looking forward and living in the moment? Mm -hmm. Like, how do you navigate that spectrum of, okay, there's stuff I need to find and root out and let go, but okay, I'm, I'm good. I can just keep living my life moving forward. Like, how, So I pay attention what's to what's true in the moment. Mm-hmm. If I'm not getting triggered, I don't need to go looking for stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if I'm getting triggered, that's a data point. And I've done so much work over the last year to just let go of things, but I'm still not. So that's where the exploration became like, okay, like something deeper is happening right now that I don't know and I'm not aware of, and I'm not going to allow it to continue sabotaging my relationship. So that's where it came. And- like it was... Oh. So it's not that I, I'm not always digging. In fact, I, I'm very playful. I'm very present and I have a lot of fun. Just so you guys know, like I know you guys only listen to my monthly reflections, but like I'm, I have a ton of fun in my life. Like I, I, I really do. I'm, I'm incredibly grateful and blessed and happy. And this is a part of my, my dharma. Like I really do feel like 
like I find a lot of purpose in releasing the hold that these, I feel a, a great level of purpose in evolving in this way. Like this is evolution. Like I'm evolving as a human being. Like, you know, I don't know if my, my parents will ever understand the depths of this level mm-hmm. of, of, of awareness that I think I'm, I don't know if many people will. I don't know. I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, that means that you've been along for the ride for a long time. And clearly something I'm saying is resonating in a way that that's empowering you. But I don't know if everyone is here to, to go this deep. What I do know is that I feel very blessed to have the awareness, the tools and the skills. I've built the skills over the last four years of like how to actually get to the root of some of my present day challenges from an energetic standpoint. Yes, there's, and and I have found consistently when I heal the energy within me, life changes. When I resolve within, everything without is better. It's like magically things just start to line up. There is no, it's amazing how that works. And that's been such a powerful coming back to like me feeling like I truly feel like I'm creating everything in my life, the good and the bad. I'm creating it so that I can continue evolving and growing and continue letting go of attachments and continue letting go of, of these unprocessed emotions in my system. Like it's like my, my body wants to continue vibrating at higher and higher levels of love. And I feel that. And I know that to be true for myself. And I think that's true for a lot of us. We just aren't given the awarenesses or the skill sets or the tools to know that you can set yourself free. It takes work. It takes commitment. It takes courage. It takes community for sure. It takes people around you to really inspire you and show you the way, but it's possible. And you don't have to stay victim to, you know, the system that just puts you on pills and tells you that, Hey, you're sick. Like take this thing and be better. Like, you don't have to. You can you can flip the script and be empowered in your well-being journey. And the implications of that are are incredibly liberating. In fact, this is why we called my company Liberate. Because I don't actually believe that anybody's broken. I don't believe that in fact, I don't even like using the word healing a lot of times because healing implies that we are broken. I I like to like I, I truly like to believe that we are carrying stuff that's not ours and a big part of quote-unquote healing is liberating all those things it's liberating ourselves from all those aspects of ourselves using a variety of tools and awarenesses and building the skill set of knowing how to do that so what would you say to somebody who is thinking oh yeah there's there's definitely some stuff back there that um I'd love to let go of, but I don't want to open that kind of worms. Like I'm, I'm afraid to open Pandora's box because once it's open, I can't get it back in again. Like, what would you say to someone who had that question? One, I would say head to liberate.health <laughs> and sign up for any of our programs because that's what we help people do. It's what we help individuals do. Truly, we, we, are, we are meant to, we create safe spaces to explore this stuff and and inspire the courage to do it if even if you don't have a support system back home like we're here to truly support you on this journey so that's one thing two i will say that this is where community becomes really important 
because having people who can like if you if you feel like you're going to be losing everything in your life you're going to stay stuck mm-hmm. but when you can be surrounded by other people who are just like you wanting to make a change it's almost like you see the possibilities like i remember when i first started changing my life you know like i did lose a lot of friends who didn't get it who were not as inspired or as you know i did lose a lot of friends but i gained i looked for other communities where people were really having these conversations and willing to go into their stuff and i made new friends and now when i think about my life like it's unrecognizable in the most amazing ways but it's because i had people that i could go to for help people that i could ask questions to people that could inspire me that's what i aim to be in this whole game right like i don't really know what my role is and i don't think i'm a specifically like a practitioner like i'm not going to be able to help you one on one like i don't think i'm like that's not my role in this but i i do think my role in this is encouraging you and creating safe spaces that's what liberate is liberate is a safe space for you to to do this type of work with others alongside you that's the role i think i can play and and i would also just really encourage like just because you're aware of something doesn't mean you have to make any changes to your life it's all about just releasing releasing that's it like you don't have to carry this stuff with you and i think there are tools out there to learn how to have hard conversations like jason gaddis's book is a brilliant book on having hard conversations nonviolent communication is an excellent resource for people who want to learn how to have difficult conversations with people that they love there's a myriad of free amazing free resources for like like truly like processing emotions and releasing some of that negative anxious anxious energy like breath work there's hypnosis there's meditation there's gratitude journaling there's so many tools that are like truly there to help you like i don't think you have to start with this big like go change your life overnight and have the hardest conversation and break apart your relationships your like it's i don't think that's as but i think it does start with building intimacy with yourself like start with self love and i think self love is something that doesn't have to break your life self love all self love does is help you get more clear on who you actually are and helps you stop denying the parts of you that are hurt that's all it is right and i do think we don't have a lot of models of healthy self love i think self love is something that we all have to sort of i think one of my favorite books on self love is you are enough by panache desai it actually changed my life when i read that book and when i met him like so i'm saying like even if it's like these are the things that are all there for us it's just a matter of starting small and leaning into community and and finding the resources that exist out there to better your life well, i love that you've reminded us that we don't have to do this alone and i think you're right when you find the right spaces where someone's going to hold you in that moment to get this clarity and to do the work that's needed can be so releasing and so so liberating that's the greatest gift i think we can give the people in our lives is to go into our shadows you know i really do mm-hmm. feel like the shadow when i speak to it it's the unconscious part of you like it's the part of you that you've been dismissing denying rejecting like coloring over whatever you want to call it that's our shadow and 
if you don't consciously navigate your shadow, it will get in the way of you experiencing harmonious relationships. And that's where I think if you want harmonious relationships, it's really tough to just constantly be like your shadow will just rule and run scripts that are unconscious to you. And I think to have the most loving relationships, you have to learn to navigate your shadow, become aware of your patterns, take ownership for the role they are playing in creating what you have, and then learn to shift them for good and create yeah. new healthy patterns. And that's where I think that's the path of of emotional liberation. Like that to me is the gift that we get to give ourselves. That's the gift we get to give our families. That's the gift we get to give our teams. That's the gift we get to give everyone in our lives is being emotionally free from needing anything from anyone outside of you. Like when you are emotionally free, you have lasting inner peace. You can connect to divine love. That is always your birthright. It is not something you ever had to work for. It's not something you ever had to fight for. Divine love is something you were born with. And we were taught somewhere along the journey that we are less than divine. And I hope as you listen to this conversation, if you take anything away from this, just know that like underneath all of that shadow is just pure light that's waiting to be expressed. So if you're afraid of going into your shadow, please, please, please don't be afraid because what's on the other side of that is just everything you've ever wanted and more. But let's just bring this conversation to a close with our closing questions. So if you had to weave a thread through the last month, what would your theme be? Man, I was in trigger land a lot. <laughs> I was getting very triggered, very emotional, very roller coaster, but I think um for me the word that's coming up for me right now is courage. The courage to let down my ego mm -hmm. and instead of blaming and looking outwards, look inwards and really allow the parts of me that I've been rejecting, abandoning and shaming to be seen and released. Like it took, it takes a lot of willingness and courage. And I think I'm very proud of myself for committing to uh, really looking at myself through these lenses. And so I think courage and gratitude for just so much gratitude for processes, for Gina, for everyone in my life that is um, every magical thing that's come into my life that has allowed me to continue experiencing the these depths within myself like i feel like i know myself so much deeper like i know who i really am outside of all these feelings and thoughts and, and i think the only way i can actually get there is through this courageous brave aligned exploration so i think that was a big one i think this month was just i think a lot of Ho'oponopono, actually, like self-forgiveness, you know, especially when you're getting into like having hard conversations or being in triggering experiences or having that stuff. Like it's like you say the wrong thing. You, it's like you yeah. hurt other people. It's like you're in this constant state. And like, I think my pattern is to like criticize myself for not being perfect and criticize myself for not having the answers and criticizing myself for not being far enough along. And 
think this month I really shifted. It's like anytime I felt like criticizing myself, I just went into the whole ponopono mantra, which is, I'm sorry, please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. And I would just imagine myself or the person and I would just like really just say that over and over again. And that's been really healing and really nourishing and really grounding for my nervous system. And um, I think there's something really powerful about that mantra that is so much further than anything I can consciously comprehend or explain. Like it is, I think, one of the most powerful spiritual tools that we have in our toolboxes. It's like a, it, it drops you into a level of surrender that I think is really difficult. Um, but for some reason, that tool just does it so naturally and easily. Even if you have nothing to forgive yourself or anyone for, to quote unquote, it just for some reason breaks me open into like deep tears. It's like that. I don't know if you've seen Goodwill Hunting, and that like that one part of the movie where Robin Williams is looking at Matt Damon and he's like, "It's not your fault," and Matt Damon's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, old man, okay, okay," and Robin Williams looks at him and he's like, "It's not your fault," and like it takes like four tries, and then all of a sudden Matt Damon just starts bawling. And that's like what I like to think of like Ho'oponopono is for me. It's like I say it one time and it doesn't land. And then I say it 10 times and all of a sudden I'm just in tears. And so that's been a really important practice for me this month of just really anchoring into lots of self-forgiveness, self-love and surrender into like divine love and divine timing. It's like, hey, there's something so much bigger than me that's operating here. So beautiful thank you so much this has been such a beautiful conversation thank you for sharing so much about your process in such a deep way and for really giving us an insight into what it's been like for you this month i'm so grateful that i got to got to hear this one thank you mm-hmm. thank you georgina and just so appreciate this time we get to have together on this dance of life and everybody that is a wrap thank you so much for listening and just to reiterate if anything i talked about on the podcast is helpful for you just Head to liberate.health. We'll add the link in the show notes so you can learn more about all the offerings that Liberate has right now. And um, I'm just sending you guys lots of love. And that is a wrap from, for this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I'm your host, Raj. This is your old friend, Georgina. And from us, Stay Grounded. We'll chat soon. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you found this interview helpful as you create your own ways to live an extraordinary life. For more resources and support, please visit www.rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded to join the official Stay Grounded Facebook group, a place where aspiring life enthusiasts can connect and ignite passion for life together. My hope is that the positivity, content, resources, and support in this group will resonate with you on a deeper level. That what you hear in our podcast, read in our thoughtful posts, or learn in our courses will empower you to live with intention, uncover true purpose, and challenge the internal dialogues that stop you from being who you really want to be in your life. Again, thanks so much for joining us. Stay grounded.